0: to the verse here, and I just want to lay on my sermon title with the words that Paul said in verse 24. He said, but none of these things move me. Today, my sermon is very simple. None of these things move me. If you underline phrases in your Bible, I want to encourage you to underline that one. None of these things move me. By means of introduction, we come to Paul's life here in the book of Acts. And we know that the book of Acts is jam-packed, action-packed, power-packed with God moving in the early church. And I'll tell you something, the modern church should open up the book of Acts and read it for itself, and we will see that what's going on in the modern church is not what was taking place in the early church. You see, the early church was experiencing revival like none other. We're not experiencing that like we should be, because I'll tell you, we're not seeking God. We're not seeking the word of God and trying to hear from heaven. I believe that whenever we get, whenever we humble ourselves before God and we seek God's face, we seek God's word. I believe that's the moment when Jesus Christ will step into our lives and send a Holy Spirit filled revival from glory in heaven. We read that, that Paul experienced a great revival Earlier in the book of Acts, when he was on the way to to Damascus to butcher and kill Christians. And we see that God took one of the greatest persecutors of the church and made him one of the greatest proclaimers of the church our world has ever seen. Outside of Jesus Christ, outside of John the Baptist, I personally believe that the Apostle Paul was the greatest man ever to walk on this earth by the grace and glory of God. And we see that God changed him. He began to preach and travel. He went on three missionary journeys. And we see he is on one of his missionary journeys right here in Acts chapter 20. And Paul was a preacher, you know. We read earlier in chapter 20 that he was long-winded, a long-winded preacher. He was preaching so long and so hot and heavy that somebody sitting up in the balcony fell asleep, fell off the balcony, and died. <laughs> Hopefully that won't happen to you today. But if it does... Maybe the Apostle Paul will step in in our midst and resurrect you like he did to Eutychus earlier in chapter 20. We see that the Apostle Paul goes to a few different cities in chapter 20, but he arrives to Ephesus. And remember, in chapter 19, we see that, that a whole a, a mob was just trying to, to, to discredit and, and really get a hold of Paul. Because he was out preaching the message of Jesus, and they were out proclaiming, Great is Diana... Of the Ephesians and after the uproar ceased he left and he goes on and travels some more and then finds his way back to meet with the elders of Ephesus and he charges them and in verse number 17 the Bible says and from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church and when they were come to him He said unto them, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in of the Jews, the lying in weight of the Jews. Verse 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that my bonds and afflictions abide in me. And then he says, verse 24, but none of these things move me. Did you catch that? He said, none of these things move me. The trials, the temptations. Everything that Paul was going through, he said, none of it moved me. He said, it didn't change my purpose. It didn't change my race. And it didn't change the ministry that God has given me. As he wrote in the book of Philippians, he said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, none of these things moved me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. That so I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 25. And now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to, re- to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. As we come to this passage, I want to share with you three thoughts today from the Apostle Paul's words in verse 24. The first one, I wrote down this. As I was meditating and after he says, None of these things move me, I began to read and meditate on the phrase, Neither count I my life dear unto myself. And as I was meditating in that thought, here's what I wrote down I want to relate to you. The first thought of three. Number one, my purpose in life is to reflect the glory of God. My purpose in life is to reflect the glory of God. You see, every sermon Paul preached, every letter Paul wrote, every journey Paul went on, every time he went to visit Corinth, every time he went to visit Ephesus, every time he went to Philippi, every city he went to, it was all for one purpose, and that is so that almighty God could be glorified through him. May I just be as bold to say this today, that everything in your life That you say that you do everything should be reflecting the very glory of Almighty God. Paul said it like this. He said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm not going to glory in my own strength, but if I am going to have glory, I'm going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. He said, whatever I eat, whatever I drink... I will do so in a manner that brings glory to Jesus Christ. It's his words in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Can you imagine that? He said, whatever beverage I drink, whatever food that goes in my mouth, he said, anything and everything I do is to reflect the glory of God. Then as he was writing to the Colossian church, He said, whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto men. Paul's saying this. He said, these letters I'm writing to you, I'm not writing them to exalt myself. I'm writing them to exalt Jesus Christ. These sermons that I preached, that we read about in the book of Acts, he said, these sermons are not done so that I could receive glory. They are done so that Jesus Christ would receive glory through me as his vessel and instrument. Every journey Paul went on, he said the same. Sometimes we ask ourselves this question. What is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to do? As a high schooler, maybe you remember when you were in high school, that so many people were putting pressure on you so that you'd figure out what you would do in adulthood? Well, I'll tell you, most of us adults here still haven't figured out what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Sometimes as adults, we ask ourselves this question. We got, go, to, go to high school, go to college, and, and we try to get more knowledge, and then, then we, we, we try to continue learning, and we still... Over and over again, we might switch career, career path, job here, job there. We might do all those things, and we might be asking ourselves the question, what is my purpose in life? Paul said it like this. He He said, neither count I my life dear unto myself. In other words, I believe he's saying this. My purpose in life is to reflect the glory of God. Church, may I say this today? Let's give God glory in everything we say and do. It's time we do that. I think the world has, has saw through the fluff, has saw through the haze that the modern churches put up, and, and now they see that most of the people who name the name of Christ, most of the preachers who say they're preaching about Jesus, really aren't doing that. Remember what Jesus said? He said, There will be people who have cast out demons in my name, who have done all these mighty works in my name. I think about preacher after preacher in my mind who's traveled the world holding crusades and doing crazy things in the name of Jesus, and that individual most likely doesn't know Jesus. It's time that we understand that Jesus wants authentic, real, biblical Christianity, not something that's fake. And I wonder, what could we said about our church here? Could we say as a congregation that our purpose to exist is to reflect the glory of God? Yes, I know we're to to evangelize. Yes, I know we're supposed to do all these things. But I believe our first and foremost purpose in this life is to give God glory. Is to let our hearts declare the magnificent, marvelous, exceeding, abundant, glorious God of the universe. Would you do that with your life? As I look back at my life, I know many years I wasted. But I think this time has told us all that we don't have time to waste. Because we don't know what tomorrow has in store for us. I think about the generation of the Great Depression that my great-grandmother was a part of. My great-grandmother, she had cash everywhere in her house. Sometimes you'd open up a drawer and you'd see a wad of, of dollar bills. Sometimes you see a wad of 20. Sometimes you see a wad of 100. So I'm like, man, this is crazy. You go down to the basement and you see, you'd see, you see food, canned food after canned food. That generation learned that, hey, tomorrow is not always promised to us. All we have is today. So what are you going to do with today? Are you going to give God glory for today and then plan to give God glory for tomorrow? That's what Paul did. And he's doing it knowing the things that is that is be happening him, being tortured, being stoned, and left for dead, being imprisoned, being whipped, beaten, bruised, and then dying. He said, None of these things move me. Hey, I know we're going through a, a weird season of life, but none of these things move me. Because I know that my purpose and your purpose and our purpose as the church is to give God glory. And reflect his glory to all the world. Because I believe if we were to, do, to just do what he said. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. I think I'm just crazy enough to believe that if we would worship Jesus Christ with everything we've got, then people will see Jesus through and in us. Let's move on in the, in the verse. So what is our purpose? Our purpose is to, in life is to reflect the glory of God. But what about our race? What about the course that we've been given? Paul goes on to say, neither count I my life dear to myself, but then check it out. It says this, so that I might finish my course with joy. This word course, it gives the idea that, that an athlete is going to run on the course that they have been allotted and assigned to do. Sometimes I think about these marathon runners who set out. To run 26.2 miles in a certain amount of time. God has given us a race. And here's what I wrote down secondly. What is our race? What should we do about our race? I wrote down this. My race will be finished with the joy of God. My race will be finished with the joy of God. Why is it that when we gather together, sometimes... Maybe we'll trade shoes one day, and I'll let you stand up here in this truck, and I'll sit there in that car, and I'll look at you the way you look at me. Some of you are smiling. Some of y'all don't smile any. Some of y'all shout glory, hallelujah, amen, and some of y'all don't shout anything. It's okay. But all I'm saying is this, is that if anybody should be full of joy, it's a child of God. Because we don't have to fear death. Yeah, we we know there's diseases going on. But I'm going to kick the bucket one day. And whatever disease that will be, so be it. And I'm going to have joy in the midst of all that we're going through. I'm going to have joy in the fact that by God's grace and his mercy and his love and his help and his strength, that I'm going to be able to finish the course that God has given me like Paul did. How many times have we seen somebody get saved and they get on fire for God and the next thing you know, a year passes and then, and then you, they're, they're nowhere to be found. I don't want that to be said about our church. I don't want that to be said about you. I don't want you to be the individual who gets on fire for Jesus Christ and then runs far and away from God. He said, none of these things move me. Could you imagine being chased down for dead and then saying, I've got joy? Paul says, I've got, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul, the apostle said this. He said, rejoice evermore. And he says here. None of these things move me because I want to finish my race with joy. It makes no sense, right? It makes no sense at all to me. That somebody who's being led to die has joy. That, my friends, is a true testimony of the grace and mercy in God. Of how He can step into your life and He can give you joy when you have no joy. He can give you peace when you have no peace. He can give you love when you have no love and you think you're unlovable. He can give you worth when you think that you aren't worth anything. I'm telling you, none of these things move me, and I still believe that God is a God of love. I still believe that God is a God who gives strength to those who are weak. I'm still crazy enough to believe that God is a God of redemption and salvation, and He's still the God who can resurrect a dead man's life and give them new life through the power of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. Today, none of these things move me. I still believe that Jesus is not a way to heaven, that He's the only way to heaven. Today, I believe he's not just a, the way to heaven, he's also the life. That is, if you want life and have it more abundantly, it's only found in Jesus. I believe that Jesus is still the greatest truth this world has ever seen. And Pilate standing before all the Jews as they were crying out, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. He said, what is truth? If only he knew that he was standing face to face with the greatest reality, the greatest authentic truth our world has ever seen, Jesus. Jesus. He said, sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. The greatest truth outside of Jesus Christ is the word of Jesus Christ right here in your hand, the Bible. And I am still crazy enough to believe that this book I'm holding in my hand is still the pure, preserved, inspired, and errant, infallible word of the living God. None of these things move me. And I want to finish my course. I don't know how much time God has has for me. Listen, my last day might be today. It might be tomorrow. And it might be 50 years from now. Who knows? But by God's grace and mercy, I'm asking him to give me joy every single day and giving me the assistance and aid that I need to move forward. And I pray the same for you. Listen, if Paul could finish his course, if he could finish his race with joy, I know you can, and I know I can. I know that we think we've gone through a lot of trials. We've gone through a lot of tribulations. But let's face the facts. None of us have ever gone through what Paul went through. Paul was tortured for his faith. Tradition tells us that he was martyred for his faith. History tells us that his own people... More than him did. You have a job to do, you have a race to run. So finish strong. The last thought I want to share with you it's not just about our purpose, it's not just about our race, but it's about our ministry. You see, all of us have a ministry to do. We all have a job in the Lord's army and in his family. He says, none of these things move me, neither count I my life here unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and in. Check it out now. And the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus. Here it is now. To testify the gospel of the grace of God. Maybe you're wondering what your ministry is. Maybe you're saying, God, what do you want me to do? Here it is. Are you ready for it? My ministry, your ministry, our ministry is to testify of the grace of God. My ministry is to testify of the grace of God. This word testify is mentioned in a couple of times here in this chapter. It's mentioned here in verse number 24 and it's mentioned over there in verse number 21. And the Bible says that in verse 21 that, that he was going house to house. He was going, the Bible even talks about how he went to synagogues, how he went to different cities and towns. And there he was testifying both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles, anybody who wasn't Jew. And here's what he was testifying. He said repentance toward God. You know, it's interesting when you begin to study the word repentance, most of the time in the New Testament, it's mentioned in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. Why would it be mentioned in the book of Acts? Because predominantly the, the message that were being preached, were being preached to an unsaved, unregenerate crowd. And today, yes, I know that we should repent of our sins every day, but the lost have got to repent of their sins. They've got to come to a position where they say, God, I'm changing my whole mentality about what I've done, and I realize that I have sinned against you, and I need your grace, and I need your forgiveness. And so today, we need to understand that we need to to have repentance toward God. We need to change our whole mindset about God. That is, if we're lost and say, God, you are God, and now I'm going to submit to your will and believe that you are my Savior. You are my Lord. He said, I came here to share the repentance about coming to no faith. And then he says, Repentance and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So it starts with repentance. We've got to change our mind and our mentality about Jesus, how he is the Messiah. And the Jewish people that Paul was speaking to in the synagogues, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. He said, Repent of that mentality, repent of that belief, because it's wrong. The Bible says time and time again, he was mentioning in Isaiah 53, he was mentioning in Psalm 22, I'm sure these passages, how they were revealing that Jesus is the Messiah. And then he says, repent and believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And then he says, have faith that he came to do what he said he did. And that through him, we can have eternal life. The word testify, it's a legal term. It gives the idea that when we walk into the courtroom, we sit on a stand and we bear record of what was being witnessed at the scene of the crime. Some of these apostles were there at at the crime scene. They witnessed the brutality, the horrific death. Jesus died. They had an eyewitness account. And they wrote about it. They are the primary sources of Jesus' death. And Peter, James, John, Paul even perhaps, saw that scene. And now we're reading from the eyewitness accounts. Verified. (laughs) The Bible is the word of God. And I have no questions about it. Might have been times when I had questions and maybe a few doubts, but not now. The Bible is the most amazing book ever written. Written by about 40 different authors over the space of 1,600 years in three different continents, and, and the Bible coincides perfectly together. That is a miracle in of itself. Try to get, if you, would, if you would, try to get 40 people to say the same thing in their own words, and you'll figure out it's hard to do. But God did it right here in his word. And he goes on and he talks about how he testified of all these things. Verse number 22, it says that he's going bound in spirit. And he did go to Jerusalem. And and the Bible says that, that time and time again, Paul was in chains. And he went to jail. And he didn't know what was lying ahead of him at this time as he was saying these words. But we do because we read the last chapter of Acts. We've read the epistles We know that he's going to die a death that really he didn't deserve. And then, verse 23, it says, Save the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, witnesses in every city. I'm so thankful of that. That if the people, if the church of God is lazy enough not to go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God bears witness into this world that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus can redeem and save. And he says, saying that my bonds and afflictions abide in me. Paul says that even though I'm in chains, even though I've gone through many trials and tribulations and experienced much pain, none of this moves me. And he speaks about his ministry and he says, I have received the Lord to testify, to bear record of the gospel of the grace of God. You know what the grace of God is? The grace of God is saving you when you are unsavable from the own merit of yourself. That is, there's nothing in you good enough to earn salvation. Nothing in me good enough to earn salvation. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not of works as any man should boast. Listen, you can, come to, you can go to every drive-in service in, in America, in Virginia. You can go Pray with every Baptist pastor, every Methodist pastor, every Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Episcopal, every Catholic priest. You can go to all of them. You can go to confession. You can go to mass every morning. You can get baptized. You can get sprinkled, poured upon, and dipped. And you can even go down to the old-fashioned river, and get dunked with the crawdads and the tadpoles. But none of that can redeem your soul. Grace says that it's by the unmerited love and favor of God. That's why Paul, when he was writing Romans, he he elaborated on that if if we can obtain it by works, it's no more of grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, I've received salvation by the grace of God. And he said, hey, I'm going to go to heaven by the grace of God and spend eternity with God by the grace of God. Our ministry is to testify of the grace of God. Our purpose in life is to reflect the glory of God. And our race is to be finished with the joy of God. Do you know what your purpose is, church? Do you know how to have joy in the middle of the race, even when it's getting hard to run? And do you have the grace of God? Today I close with with an illustration. Imagine you're going to run a cross-country course and you're going to do a 10K. That is, you're going to run 6.2 miles. You start off a little faster than you should have. Mile one, you clocked it. And you went a little too hard. And mile two and three... You begin to feel it a little. As you got to mile four, and and then you got to the dreaded mile five, and you just thought you were gonna pass out and just die. Then you finish mile five, you get into mile six, and you, you get this boost of energy, knowing that I can see the finish line just on the horizon. And you begin to pick up the pace. One foot in front of the other. And you finish the course. In your life, I don't know if you're just on mile two. I don't know if you're on mile four. And I don't know if you're on mile six. About ready to cross that finish line. Whatever the case may be make sure you finish your race with the joy of God, knowing that heaven is your home, knowing that God saved you for a purpose, and that is to testify of the grace of God. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at, Pastor Brian Ratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you, and have a great week.